1: Life is made up of relationships, and each relationship is a mirror of yourself. What kind of masks have you been wearing to survive? Until now, you haven't really seen your masks because you were looking out at life, warding off triggers, defending against outside threats. As you begin to look inward, you will see your masks and understand why they've become part of your life. The prisoners in Plato's cave didn't want to abandon the life they'd grown accustomed to because they felt naked, vulnerable, and were terrified about leaving. And it's okay that they felt that way. Likewise, we don't need to shun our survival tactics, call our egos bad, or feel ashamed about our masks. We just need to embrace who we are and build our paths from this new, deeper understanding. We need to accept all of our faults and shortcomings and move into a higher consciousness, which will then allow us to view our past experiences as gifts contributing to a future higher life, a life we all deserve to live. Valeria Tellez interviews Arda Ozdemir, the author of The Art of Becoming Unstuck, Your Personalized Journey Through Consciousness in Search of Ultimate Happiness. Arda Ozdemir is a personal growth coach, spiritual mentor, Qigong teacher, and the founder of rise to realize wellness organization. He has helped thousands of people awaken to their fullest potential and experience ultimate happiness. As a former finance executive in Silicon Valley, Arda embarked on his own personal transformation journey when he was looking to heal his physical health issues, along with his depression and anxiety. His quest for cure led him to a series of explorations and meditation practices and ancient spiritual teachings. This journey awakened him to his calling to guide others out of their suffering and emotional pain toward a life full of joy, fulfillment, and meaning. Meet Arda at rise2realize.com. Here's an interview with Arda Ozdemir.
0: In your own words, who is Arda Ozdemir?
2: An investigator, an investigator of life, uh, system of life, uh, human psyche. I'm very curious uh, being and Arda Ozdemir is an investigator, a curious investigator uh, about, about life and system of life.
0: I love that. That kind of relates to being open to life, being curious. So the question is, how did you become this investigator of life? What inspired you to do that?
2: Growing up in Turkey, Valeria, I've seen a lot of unhappy people. I've seen a lot of unhappy marriages, including my parents. I've seen a lot of pain, emotional pain in my own life. Uh, When you look at the opening of The Art of Becoming Unstuck, my recent book, I start with how five-year-old self, me, going across the, the dance floor when we were at a summer camp, taking taking the girl to dance, the girl that I was I had crush on for to dance, being ridiculed and, and being kind of not being myself all along from age five made me curious where the happiness is why we are here on this earth why we are going through the suffering that was the main reason i think if as as, uh, as early as i could uh, remember i think 12 years old i'm asking what is this life about
0: it starts with a lot of um, inquiries my self-inquiry and then inquiries about what this is that we call life, yeah, I can very much relate to it. And yeah, you're right. It comes from suffering. And I wonder why, why do we suffer fundamentally? Have you found that answer?
2: Yes. I mean, I've been working on it for 55 years. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) A few answers, (laughs) a few answers. So one, one main point of suffering is duality. So we are torn in our mind that there there has to be a binary approach, a binary solution to everything. I was trying to give you that, that inc- incident when I was five years old, six years old. I am on the dance floor. I am having fun. I am being me, completely joyful. And then my friends are making fun of me. So then what I feel is that from joy, I go to shame. Now, from there on, I'm looking at life. Is this an embarrassing situation, or is this a, a, a rewarding situation? And my mind, clinging on that survival mechanism, my internal programming becoming that I am not good enough, that I am I should be ashamed of my actions, always give me the answer that crushes me the answer that makes me feel stuck.
0: In this play of duality, why do we tend to feel attracted and cling and attached to more to the negative experiences than the positive ones?
2: It's about the level of consciousness you are at, Valeria. So when you are in, in this, the control, under the control of your subconscious, That's when you are showing these fight or flight responses. That's where your emotional reactions coming to surface, come to surface. The reason for that is that you take everything personally because you are under the control of your mind, which is run by your subconscious. So therefore, you're always thinking there is something around the corner. So you don't have trust
0: Another yeah, beautiful answer. So it is the identification with the um, mental activities. We really identified a lot with the mind, don't we, as human beings? And that starts very early at early age. It's almost it becomes now this default way of navigating this reality from mental constructs and ideas and activities, and then we forget the body a lot of times, which is an inter- another interesting. Concept, I mean reality for so many of us to forget about the body and live in our minds. So you wrote the book, The Art of Becoming Unstuck, your personalized journey through consciousness in search of ultimate happiness. The question that came to me when I was reading the book and starting with the title is this idea of ultimate happiness. Talk to me for a moment about that. How would you describe this space, this place where ultimate happiness lives?
2: It's, some people call it a flow state. And we sometimes reach to that state. But what I'm talking about when I say ultimate happiness, I'm talking about 24-7 and 365 days. The travel in the consciousness level, Valeria, is, is, the, is the journey. So in the in the book I describe different consciousness levels, as they correspond to life situations. So when you are in a lower consciousness, the the life feels like a country road with tons of potholes, and then you are kind of traveling on a, in a jeep, jeep, without any any um, seat belts. You will be bouncing back and forth and up and down. It's like a roller coaster ride. So when you start to become more aware and understand your programming, your you know, subconscious programming, then all of a sudden everything starts to open. So that is the journey towards the ultimate happiness. At the end of our lives, hopefully we'll get closer to level 100 which is the high consciousness where there is no attachment there is no mental games there is no no clinging there is no regret there is no shame we are showing up as who we are that is the ultimate happiness it's not just we are grinning ear to ear it's just how we feel internally completely at peace completely calm without any attachment.
0: That sounds like a wonderful place to be. Are you at that stage now, Arda, would you say?
2: I am not at that stage and I have at least another 50 years to go. But where I got, got so far <laughs> in the last um, you know, 12 years, I am in the process of self-realizing myself. And that is one of the, the uh, phases. I don't talk about that in the book, and, and I'm sure it's another topic for another book. But, Valeria, we first we come through the awareness and then understand our, our programming, start to rip off these masks, many, many masks that we uh, wear to hide our vulnerability. We face our vulnerability. It's kind of a hero's, hero's journey, you know? And then we awaken to life. Awake into life. Then you start to chase your your realization point. Like, what is my purpose? After realization comes the mastery. From self mastery, you go to uh, close to enlightenment. So that's like these are the phases. I would say I'm in the self realization state where I am following naturally, following where I'm guided. And that's another
0: interesting idea or concept. When you say being guided, is that something outside of you, by something outside of you or this guidance comes from within?
2: Always comes from within. So any point, whether at any point in life, we have at least three to five doors appearing in front of us. OK, just imagine, imagine, just imagine three to five doors. These are the options. These are the opportunities. You cannot solve that puzzle with your mind. You have to drop into the body like you were saying. Let the body guide you. Internal guidance chooses the door. You enter through that door. All of a sudden, a new set of doors appear. That's what I'm talking about when I say I'm guided.
0: Mm, ah, that sounds like an adventure, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> A great <laughs> that, that one. That is what life is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adventure. So,
0: it's true. Yeah, it's the most amazing adventure, isn't it? This experience here we call life. I agree. The only thing I think about when you talk about levels of consciousness and Going from one stage to another as a process, which it seems life really seems to be. We see that in nature, I mean, with ourselves, growing up, everything's a process. For some reason, it's a challenge for me to understand that because the way I see it, there's just one thing happening, life itself. So some people call it uh, the divine source. There's so many names for the essence of what this is. So this is happening in so many different forms, and it's almost like there's no really reason to be happening, but it is anyway. So it is a paradox, but a, an interesting one when we can see from the broader picture, like from the big picture, that there are no really processes anymore. Everything disappears. And now it's just this one unified kind of uh, experience of being human happening, which is only real for each individual or organism. With that in mind, I wonder if from your perspective as having, going through this uh, adventure and journey in life from one level to another, are you able to see the ultimate picture of life itself being already what it is without destinations.
2: Absolutely. So yes or no. So uh, let me give you one answer uh, and then follow follow that up with another answer. So Valeria, we are here for with for a purpose. So even though it is a continuum the purpose is very individual. It, in my opinion, in my experience, it is not that divine is guiding us in a sense that, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. It is more through our own experiences in life. You feel that ultimate, that divine connection, if you will. That divine connection or, or your life purpose, it's not, oh, I'm going to be a coach or oh, I'm going to be you know, running a, a multi-billion dollar company, or oh, I'm going to just travel and I'm going to be sailing. That is more a reflection of your purpose. It's not your purpose. The purpose is get to know yourself. So that's when you become part of the game, if you will, or part of the system through that learning process, learning and knowing yourself Mm -hmm. through that process, you become part of the system.
0: When you speak of purpose, it's kind of very interesting to um, kind of try to process that in this mind. How does it work having a purpose? Because I don't see that as an individualized person, because I don't see myself as a person, although I'm called that, and you are called that too, and all human beings are called people. But I see as with being just life itself, parts of life, kind of uh, doing what it does to get the system to work. But I, I have no idea what the purpose of this is and I have no idea what the purpose of
2: this part of life is. Let's elaborate on that because I think there is a little, little disagreement here. <laughs> so so let, me, let, me, let, let's, let us explore this. So when you say there is no me, I disagree with that because think about ocean okay think about ocean and in 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 ocean atlantic ocean how many drops are in atlantic ocean yeah, think about that how many trillions of trillions of trillions of drops right every drop has its own boundary And you can think about even human body. Human body is exactly life. It represents life. Everywhere you look, a a tree, a a flower, sky, everything represents the, the system. So in the human body, we have trillion, hundred trillion cells. They are all individual and they are also working together so that is i believe in in today's spirituality we are missing the individuality because i feel soul has a has a unique energy to it so it comes to life to learn about it and only learning that can take place is the, the earth in the in the coarse vibration it's in the in the body that soul can learn about themselves about herself, about himself.
0: Mm. This is not duality. I mean, I guess I speak from that perspective. Because when we as you know, you know, even science, the more we try to find, you know, the fundamental substance of everything, it can be found. It just keeps going, you know, it's endless. For some reason, it always comes to me without denying, of course, in any way, the body and um, this experience, which is to me, it's just an experience. The body talking to you here today and having this podcast and ah, and having these visions you know, for a more peaceful reality and healing. The work you do, it's beautiful. And know that, it's just the experience of the human, but individualized human. But this is not fundamentally what we
2: are and the, the exactly and the, the meaning of it lies in the experience so you mentioned you mentioned free will i believe maybe maybe a, a best estimate is 1% of humanity has access to free will 99% of people cannot use free will because they get, they cannot see the reality, because they are living according to their mind. So the mind solves for survival. Mind solves the problems for safety. So that's why when we think we are taking a step and that is safe, a couple of months later, a couple of years later, we realize, wow, that was a bad decision. Now I feel stuck. What am I going to do now? Yeah.
0: Talk to me for a moment about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, The Art of Becoming Unstuck.
2: My clients, they keep asking me where they are in their journey. They, uh, we talk and cover a lot of topics about soul's journey, about life purpose. And they say, "Hey, we want everything in one source in what at one resource where we can go and 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 study this and i said okay here's the book
0: yeah yeah And know you are a personal growth coach spiritual mentor qigong teacher and you are also the founder of rise to realize wellness organization so speaking of purpose we talked before using that word what is the main purpose of your
2: work raise the consciousness, raise the consciousness of the world, the humanity, the people, because I feel like you, you you said, and that resonated with you. I've felt how much suffering and, and we're all empaths when you're doing what you're doing. Valeria, you are an empath. You are a sensitive, highly sensitive person. So you, you know, how much the energy that lower consciousness energy affects human body, affects the emotion, affects the mood of people. I've been I've been experiencing that since I was seven years old. And you know I, I'm just yearning to be my five year old again, right? So I've been feeling that suffering, feeling that pain so much that I want everybody to feel and experience a a better life. And that is why all of these, and and now we are talking about, I have um, eight eight mentors now in my team. We're talking about um, doing podcasts together, and we are launching corporate wellness program uh, for startups to really establish a cultural foundation so that people can express themselves. It increases the efficiency, it increases the productivity. So, All around, my main purpose is to raise consciousness so that people can get closer to that free will, free will, so that they can start realizing themselves to their highest potential. And then everything is so much more beautiful.
0: How do you meet your clients? Are they online, offline? Do you host meetings with groups?
2: Yes, I have uh, a very rich Yelp page with tons of um, five star reviews. People can resonate. People resonate with them uh, and they call me. Uh, I have a website, Rice to Realize.com. Uh, that's number two, Rise realize.com and, and also I have um, workshops. Uh, the, the upcoming workshop is called Solving for Joy in 2022. It's, uh, I think, my best workshop ever. Twelve years, I was working on, on um, encouraging, empowering people to go against their fears. And in this workshop, I'm switching and I am uh, empowering people, guiding people to actually bring their inner child to life bearing their inner child to, to bring that to life and and to be honest it's only like 10 to 20 percent of ourselves and that's another duality like 20 percent lives in that hidden desire to become a child like pure full of life and 80 percent is driven by fear so in this workshop I'm teaching some tools how to activate that 20 percent and make it 22 percent, 25 percent. And in five weeks, people will get closer to 50 percent, which is that balance that you talk about, this Mm. balance, that well-being, the flow.
0: Right. The flow. And you did use that word before how many yes i can say to that flow <laughs> of just let it be i have to ask you another question about healing how do you define healing and what are some of the obstacles to healing
2: healing is is an interesting concept so it's absolute as you know and as as your listeners uh, may know it's a process healing is that journey of dropping the sandbags. I, I The cover of the art of becoming unstuck is a hot air balloon because I feel life is like a hot air balloon ride. And we are just going up and up and up for happiness, for happiness, but we keep accumulating sand in our sandbags. And those are the the repressed emotions. Those are the repressed anger. Those are the things that affected us emotionally and we store them in our body. So the healing is becoming aware of our programming, becoming aware of those patterns. Because like like you said, Valeria is so so wise. Life is coming to us as a messenger, as as a stage, as a stage drama. And then through those patterns, through these experiences, we start to locate what we stored in our body. Those repressed angers when my dad uh, made fun of me, or that repressed anger when my mom was over controlling of my actions, and then we see my I see my boss being my mom, or I see my partner being my dad, and et cetera, et cetera. It keeps repeating. So the healing process is understanding why I am emotionally reacting to these. To these things that happen to me over and over, over again in in life, and then dropping those sandbags and letting the hot air balloon rise and rise, and that journey is rising in in consciousness, and that's why it's rise to realize realizing yourself. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's the healing process yeah. that you, you're asking about.
0: Yeah, I love the metaphor. It's a beautiful visualization of the message, really beautiful. And you use that a lot. Um, you're very good at it, very creative in the expression, in this kind of expression, which again, life being extremely creative <laughs> as it is. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it is like, uh, think about a flute, and then flute um, mm-hmm. without the breath is not creating any sounds, right? So when I say, like we were talking about the inner guidance and not... The life is coming through me. I am actually a shell, if you will. It's just coming through. And that is available to everyone as long as they release their sandbags and become open. And that is the ultimate happy or the journey towards ultimate happiness.
0: Yes, beautifully said. Again, what a beautiful reminder for all of us. It's um, dropping those sandbags, the repressed emotions, the negative emotions, which a lot of times starts in childhood, all the identifications. And with that in mind, I do have wanted to ask a question about why do you think some of us have um, a hard time doing that, releasing those repressed emotions, negative emotions?
2: Always solve in lower consciousness levels, and it is not good or bad. It's just a uh, level of consciousness. In lower consciousness, fear is the dominant feeling. Fear is the dominant force which is run by your mind. Okay? So when you are in fear, you are going to look for safety. My first, I remember my first healing session with an intuitive healer, July 2006, okay? First session, and she started talking about all my childhood and all the sandbags, all the blockages I had, all the repressed emotions I had. I thought I had okay childhood. Oh, my God. Until I started <laughs> listening to her. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so broken. Uh-huh. And after the first session, I thought, oh, geez, I'm going to lose my job, which I had a very successful finance career. And I'm going to lose my wife, which uh, is my former partner. I'm going to lose everything. So that is why we are clinging to what we know, which is built by our fears, by our survival mechanisms. That's why it is so hard to leave that. And that's, that's why the method, the power method that I describe in the book, just start pausing. Start pausing and observing your emotional reactions. That's all you need to do right now. Because every emotional reaction means that there is a sandbag. Don't worry about the sandbag right now. Don't worry. About, just don't worry about it. Right? Just pause and notice your emotional reaction. Just observe your emotions. That's why, Valeria, we cannot leave what we know and travel over to the unknown.
0: Yeah, I love the steps. Yeah, I have them here in front of me, and it just makes so much sense. Another question came to me when you speak about losing the things, the life that we have built out of fear. So that's another fear, right, Arda? Because now we, we build a life based on fear, and then we have all these external successes. And then my question is, is that possible? (laughs) It's almost like trying to save something here. But is that possible to raise the level of consciousness and still maintain the life that we have built out of fear? Can we transform that somehow?
2: Absolutely. So it is all about overcoming your fears. And when you start doing this work, Valeria, we target, that's why I was talking about my workshop in the past last 10 years, I was guiding people to overcome their fears, which is still part of this new, new, new workshop. But at the same time, we, we need to take steps that are going to give us that chance to overcome our fears and build one brick at a time our new cottage. But think about it. We are all living because that fear actually creates this house of cards, but the house of cards we don't see. We see that as a mansion. I'm talking about, obviously, more allegorically. Mansion is like all these boundaries that we are putting layers after layers and the masks after masks. And now we're just like, okay, now we are safe here. But in order to get out of there, to into living your desires, being who you are, really who you are, not someone subject to your fears, then you're just going to put one little brick at a time, one little step out of your door, going to the next block, coming back, evaluating the experience, and then going to the next block and coming back, digesting the fear a little bit more. I call them digesting, but processing what's repressed, right? That's That is. Uh, that is that, that's what makes it possible, brick by brick, step by step.
0: Yeah, which is a very gentle approach. I believe that. But sometimes we ended up bringing that house built out of fear down, right? It has been my case. I had to walk away from that life that I had created in order to meet my true self. Mm -hmm. So that happens too, right? That probably happened to you as well. Burning a lot of the, not just the patterns, the negative patterns, limiting patterns within, but then also rebuilding, burning the, the structures that we had created out of fear, to rebuild everything again. It's a very scary if we come from that place. And you're right. I love the idea of rising because then you start to see the big picture and become a lot more uh, lighter and open to life. And then everything changes. Now there's no yeah. more fear and there's a lot more love and compassion, I would say. Kindness. I like kindness better
2: that word exactly so uh, valeria um, just think about a letter so zero to 100 100 steps all there and it's a it's a letter of consciousness it's a scale of consciousness up to 55 you are living in the subconscious okay so let's say you are right now today let's say you are at 30 the 30 will have a corresponding life experiences for you Okay, so you don't have to worry about it. You just look at your emotional reactions as you go. So a relationship with tons of emotional reactions, now you need to take a step into it, into the fear, into expressing your emotions, your feelings. Oh, I do not like this. What did you mean by that? I felt not good enough when you said that, etc. just like communicating. So that 40, as you take the, the power back, in a sense, that 40 becomes 44. That 44 has a different corresponding life. So you are not really working, trying to, you know, destroy something from your life. Life is already adjusting to your level. The more you step up, your rising consciousness, the the flow of life changes accordingly. I love that.
0: (laughs) You have a beautiful way of um, explaining these things because it resonates true. That is so true. I remember when I made the decision to leave New York and the personal trainer business that I had, and it, it looked really good from the outside and all, but I was so unhappy. And then when I made that decision out of that place of not being afraid anymore, then and other doors opened up no possibilities so that makes so much sense what you say
2: exactly um, exactly so it, you keep taking a step releasing sandbags and and stepping into the next level it requires courage it requires curiosity it cr- requires shift of perspective Yeah.
0: What a beautiful work. I love what you do and how you do it. Thank you so much for the expression of you in this reality. Thank you. So in your book, I love the power method, of course, that you just spoke of, all the steps, uh, pause, observe, and uh, welcome. Um, all the steps there, they just resonate true. And then the levels of consciousness, the way you explain, makes so much sense and beautifully taught. I love the laws of life that you have there and for each chapter. And actually you have many of them within the chapters too. And then you also have mm-hmm. life skills, assignments. Tons of them, insightful, lots of insightful messages, and that I have some of them here. I can't because of the time. I'll be able, I won't be able to go through everything. The, all my observations, and then I love chapter three. I have to say that observing your thoughts to decode your subconscious. Very insightful. Mm-hmm. I love chapter seven. Too interesting. I for some reason uh, resonated with it. Three in seven, like right away, almost like intuitive thing. Responding to triggers with assertive, self conscious strategies. I do have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. Would you like to mm-hmm. add anything else, Arda, or read a
2: passage in your book? No, chapter seven. You mentioned it. That is exactly when we start getting the getting in touch with that free will.
0: And that's exactly the reason that resonated, although I don't call it free will, that idea. It's hard to grasp because I see this myself as life itself. There's no free will here, although there are kind of individual responses. I would say like conditioned responses to what happens, to everything that's going on now. But there's no center. There's nobody here trying to do
2: something. Yes. Yes, and that—that that is. I mean, maybe we can finish the, with this. I'm, I'm looking at chapter seven, and where in the in that the first, obviously, the first strategy of getting that free will in your in your own hands, taking charge of your life starts with doing the opposite. And then the I statements obviously follow and curious open ended questions, couple of strategies to throw in there. But in that in that chapter I, I wrote, there's a tight relationship between the mask you wear and the vulnerability your mask hides. When you climb up the scale of consciousness, your responsibility to live authentically naturally increases. This means you don't want to wear your mask as tightly as before because your vulnerability is not as painful as you previously felt. You've been healing your old wounds from the past experiences. At this level, you know you can't be as much of a perfectionist or a people pleaser anymore because you don't need to.
0: What are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die,
2: Arden? Oh, Beautiful. So please, no regrets. That's number one thing you do not want to carry into the transition tunnel. No regrets. And therefore, live life with curiosity. That's number two. And three is realize your purpose, meaning be on the quest to break free from the norms and connect with what brings you the fulfillment, what brings you that, that joy of realizing your, yourself. Those three things, no regrets, live with curiosity and explore what is being you.
0: Thank you so much again and again for your presence for the way you express yourself in this reality, for the things you do, and everything else in between that could be felt. Thank you so much, Artem.
2: Thank you, Valeria. Thank you for seeing me.
0: <laughs> beautiful beautiful
2: yeah. reflection. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, you are beautiful. So before we say goodbye on a technical note, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: risetorealize.com
0: that's your website. I'll have that on your podcast profile.
2: Perfect.
0: Thank you so much again, Arda. And we'll talk soon. Bye for
1: now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Arda Ozdemir and his work, please visit rise2realize.com.